What's up, peeps? So in this episode, I'm speaking to my new friend, Christy Lee Manning. Christy Lee Manning is, well, she's an all-rounder. She's a dancer. She's a teacher. She's a choreographer. We find out in this episode that she also writes shows. Well, I guess she doesn't direct them yet, but she will. Uh, she's just a wonderful human. She's very, very inspiring. Um, she has a company called House of Jazz. You should go and check them out on Instagram. I believe they train or based in London. So if you want to go get your jazz training on, go and check it out. And she also has a podcast called Inside Out. Now there's a lot of podcasts on Spotify and Apple called Inside Out. So I recommend you search Inside Out and then just put Christy like I did. Uh, and then you will find it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We go d -d 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 deep and we kind of uncover lots of things that we've both self-discovered about ourselves. Um, does that make sense? Self-discovered about ourselves. We'll go with it uh, on our journey. And she's a very, very inspiring lady. So I hope you enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, follow her on Instagram and leave us a five-star review if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. And make sure you tell everyone we're really cool. Three, two, one. Hello, friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm good. What time is it in Canada? 801, babe. 801. You dedicated to me at 8 a.m. I did, yeah. You are <laughs> truly incredible. Thanks, dude. You're worth it. You're so um, worth it. No I'm brainer. L'Oreal, I'm worth it. 8 a.m. Yeah. So what time did you what time did you get up? I woke up at five. Oh shit. Yeah. What's your routine That's been? I bet you I bet you've done yoga or some shit like that, right? Uh oh. Yeah, that's my it's my Canadian routine. My husband leaves for work at about five a.m. So, so what are we okay? You, did we? Yeah, yeah. Did we the, delay? We had, a, we had a we had a glitch, but we're back. So, what what did you say your morning consisted of? Uh, well, the hubby gets up and goes to work at five a.m. And so I I lounge and I make some coffee and then I get onto the yoga mat at about six o'clock. Nice. And do you do yeah. like do, do you follow like lessons online or like a class or do you just? Freestyle. I do a bit of both. I do a bit of both. There's a girl named Cassandra that's really good. Um, hey, I do stuff. Cassandra too. Do you? Yes. That's amazing. I do. That's we've cool. Got, we've got the same yoga teacher. Yeah, she's You're, awesome. She is. You're probably a much more loyal student than I am. I mean, I flip off. I'm trying to do. Um, she's got like a the um 30 days in the morning and 30 days in the evening. Yeah. So yeah, I'm working through that. Yeah. Nice. I started doing it yeah. in, in the first lockdown. Me and, me and the fiance, Hopefully. we were like, let's do it. And I like them because they're like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Like right? it's, it's not like an hour of my day. It's like, just get yeah. a little bit. And then the relaxation ones are really nice in the evening where it's just like lay on your back with your legs in the air. I'm like, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no problem. While sipping gin on the floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a straw. As you do. Uh, how's it yeah. being back home in Canada? It's good. It's a winter wonderland. Um, I'm back with my dog, which is really wonderful. His, his name is Marvel. Marvel, named after yeah. Marvel. Yeah, he, he named by the uh, the 14 year old. But um, <laughs> you know, we, we it was either that or something from Harry Potter. So I think I think we chose wisely yeah i was listening um, to your podcast last night i didn't realize how much of a harry potter nut you were yeah i really am it's like it's all lucas mcfarland's fault to be honest really? why yeah well because i moved here and i hadn't read them and i became his friend and was taking classes and then 
he he's a Harry Potter nerd and he was like you have to read all the books and he he gave me the entire set I think and he's like just get through the first one it's kid book but it's all good like just get through the first one and by book three I was like crying at work I was emotionally invested I'm like Sirius Black is in the castle what's gonna happen like and you can't you can't relive reading those for the first time ever again so I had so many people living vicariously through me they're like oh we can't relive reading those for the first time ever again this is so fun but yeah so were you a fan before reading it did you like watching it I never I hadn't seen anything okay it just wasn't I've only ever watched it and I and it's not for me yeah fine you got to read the books. Yeah. It's like a different book. Game. But I can barely read an Instagram post. Like, I can't read a book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I can barely get through a caption. Like, <laughs> let alone five books or whatever there is. Yeah. yeah I've, I've, ne- I've never been into that whole Harry Potter thing. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I was always, you see it called Ron. Yeah. Not always, but it quite is. a bit called Ron Weasley. So I was always a bit like, fuck Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a commitment. It's a commitment. I kind of feel the same way about, um, oh, this is, this is, uh, I don't know if this, if this is going to get me any fans, but Lord of the Rings. I'm like, oh, I don't get see, it. that's funny. I, I actually prefer Lord of the Rings than Harry Potter. See, and I feel like people either like one or the other. I feel like it's more grown up. Uh, yeah. And I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my party trick is I can do the best impression. I'm not saying the best. I can do a very good impression of Gollum. So I feel like that's can also you? another reason I like it. Yeah. Is that a special skill on your CV? It is actually. Is, it should be. It should be. And it is. And I can also <laughs> look like him as well if I'm really hungover. <laughs> Whoa, that skill. See, Skills, full commitment. Full yeah. commitment. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> Yeah, I kind of do. Okay. Only because Jake's doing this behind the camera going, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ready? <clears throat> yeah, I'm ready. I'm about to move this away. It's loud. My precious, oh, Sneaky loves master. Oh, stop it. Stop it now, you stupid thing. It's mine. It's all mine. Right? Color me impressed. Oh, my God. Right? That's so good. I know. And they stopped Lord of the Rings the musical. I was devastated. People's legs are getting chopped off and shit. Otherwise, I think I'd have been in. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. I know. I think that could have been my- so good. That could have been my musical debut. It really could have. I know. It's gone now. And it's never going to happen. So, times. You, you've, you've never done a musical, have you? Oh, no. 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 Do pantomime. Pantomime. Okay, yeah. Uh, do I want to? If they paid more, yeah, mm. you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. musicals are tough gig because I'm like, you do ten shows a week and walk away with like six hundred pound. It's like it's three rough, days. Right? It's like a few days teaching. Like <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. All these thousands yeah. of people are paying to watch me, but I'm not getting any money. <laughs> I know, and I, and I have to live in the it's big mad. city. It's it's a strange yeah. one, but I do feel like, you know. Maybe me at 22 would have loved it. But me, yeah. at, th- me at 31? Uh-uh. Yeah. Have you ever done a musical? No, I have a weird... I've had a weird career. I love it. Um, but I don't sing, so... Uh, you mind? I'm... Yeah, yes. 
Yeah, well, I, you know, Britney doesn't sing either. <laughs> She's still. I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> we can, we can, and we, we love her, and we love her. Free Britney. And She's we free. We free. She's her. free. We free yeah. her. We totally did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 but I know loads of people in musicals that can't really sing that are ensemble. Yeah, I know. I I remember moving here, and I was like, I took a couple of classes at Pineapple. This was when did I move here? Eight years ago, and mind you okay how do i speak with integrity i i took um <laughs> just, just I, mm, I took some i took a few classes of pineapple i was oh for two <clears throat> and that's when a friend of mine back home because lucas canadian was like you should take lucas's class i was like oh okay and then i took that one i was like third time's charm fine but the first couple i took i was like wow okay so the standard here he, uh, the standard here at pineapple wasn't too fantastic no, it's really, it's just really hit and miss depending on what class you're taking. Yeah. But I remember thinking, you know, we're doing like double pirouettes across the floor and half the people can't do it. And I was like, what's going on? But then I took, I went to my first audition and I was like, oh, dang, every single bitch here can sing. Probably oh, really? But yeah, everyone, like you guys, the musical theater scene, like every single person can sing so well. I just remember being blown away with how how well everybody and how confident everybody was because mm. i don't know growing up in canada there i mean if you're in toronto then you have um randolph you have um stratford you have more of a musical theater scene vancouver's a lot more commercial or contemporary based and mm. then there was just me the jazz arena kind of running around trying the to figure out what you want the jazz arena <laughs> the jazz arena doing like that's so good spark, sparkle jumps and jazz <laughs> runs everywhere nice like yeah, you're in just, fame like exactly exactly just like beveling everywhere and not understanding <laughs> why you know no one else was the same as me but i yeah and and it never occurred to me to really learn how to sing it or even consider a career in musical theater i never put the two and two together i had people telling me my whole life like you should be a rockette and i was like oh cool what's that and then i went to new york and i was like oh i see uh. Or like go to Vegas and be a showgirl. And I've kind of spent my entire career fighting against my typecast because it's not anything I ever wanted to do. I didn't, you know? Yeah. So okay. So what did you what did you want to do? Like start take me from the beginning. Like why did you dance? What why do you want why did you want to be a dancer? Like what was the draw? Mm. Well, my, I mean, my mom put me in ballet when I was, think I was three years old because I used to walk around the house in my tippy toes. Mm -hmm. And I would also, you know, do cute little break dances in the middle of grocery stores. Let's like go. she'd be shopping. Yeah, I know. Just, you know, before I was all limbs, mm -hmm. like legs <laughs> with boobs on top. Um, <laughs> it's literally, literally what I am. I don't have a waist, Kate. Next time we see each other, I don't have... A waist I just well have that's funny because you're, you're you're so tall and i'm so sure i feel like i'm constantly looking at your waist so <laughs> <laughs> fair christy's belly button having a conversation <laughs> with christy's belly button um but yeah no i would i would break dance in stores and she would continue shopping and be like where's my child and then she'd find me down in aisle four by the cereal just like doing bum spins yeah exactly um so I I, I always loved to dance. I loved dancing. I took, you know, the usual kind of Canadian style is you you take ballet and jazz. And then, you know, if if 
your parents have the funds and you have the time, then they can put you in tap as well. Those are your, like your staples. And then, I mean, I'm so old that contemporary was becoming a thing only when I was graduating, um, when I was like 18 years old, graduating from high school in my home studio. But you grow up and you do like the jazz group and the jazz solo and the lyrical group and the lyrical solo and all that stuff. So I, I was a competition kid, but I remember telling my dad I told him when I was 10 years old, I remember I was like, I wanna be an actress. And he said, oh, that's hard. And I think it took me till I was in my late twenties to realize that I had actually heard that's too hard, you can't do that. Mm. And I didn't realize that. So I was like, oh, I'll just keep dancing instead because that's easier. That's easier. No, it's not. Uh <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> right? That was the mistake. And, and so that's, I mean, I, I've always, um, I've never been able to do one without the other. Um, I love to dance and I will always love to dance, but it, it's not, it's not enough for me. And the, the, the most, most of the things that I've done, um, just aren't artistically as satisfying as I ever thought they would be. It's kind of like, you know, people, have dreams of being on the West End and then they get onto the West End and they're like, this is all I've ever wanted. Why am I not happier? Mm. I'm like, well, yeah, it's not the thing that makes you happy. It's the feeling that you think you're going to get from doing the thing that makes yeah, you Yeah. Which is interesting because the, the, the times I've had that feeling that makes me happy is always doing the jobs that I didn't expect it to be. And it, yeah. was, never, and it was never doing the ones which I was like, that's going to be the life changing moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like I, I totally. remember being like, I'm going to book this job and I'm going to be the working dancer and, and doing it and being like, this is cool. <laughs> this is cool. Right. And, and then it will stop. And then doing pantomime, the thing I was like, that's going to be trash. I'm just going to do it for fun and for some money and to be with my friend. And I was like, this is the best. Like, that's so it? cool, man. It's just weird, right? Like go from dancing yeah. for like Justin Bieber to doing a pantomime in Stoke, but the pantomime in Stoke was way more fulfilling. But actually, isn't that mad? Yeah. Like if you put it on the how society rates them, they're nowhere mm. near. They're not even near each other. They're not in the same realm. Mm -hmm. And this is why one thing that I've been speaking about a lot to other people is it scares me how much a lot of people in our industry are chasing other people's definitions of success and mm -hmm. everybody's so unfulfilled and so unhappy. And I'm like, it's because you want the thing that everyone else thinks they want, mm. but you don't want that. It takes such a brave person to not only want, but to actually chase things that other people don't view as success, but it, to them it's success. Yeah, for sure. You know? No, I yeah. agree. Like, what, what was it like? What was your definition of success growing up? Like, what, what did it mean to be a successful dancer, say? Or, or person? Uh, like, yeah. I feel like we never put two and two together. I think we forget that we're people sometimes. <laughs> yes, 100%. Oh, truer words have never been spoken. Um, well, as a kid, it and a teenager, young adult, it definitely was all outside and stuff. It was all, I had lists of things on my wall of things that I wanted to do, mm. like book a cruise ship, work for Disney, um, all these things mm -hmm. and be in Chicago and all this stuff. And um, I remember having a conversation with my mom once and she looked at me with almost pity. 
dude. And I remember being like, what was that look, mom? And she was like, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing. I'm like, no, you, what, what, what were you just thinking? And she looked at me and she was like, I'm just really worried that it's never going to be enough. Wow. No matter how much you do, it's never going to be enough. And I was like, whoa, okay. And I remember it was so sincere and from, you know, the person that you love most in the world, like it was definitely, it was a necessary dagger to the heart. <laughs> it was done out of love. It was, yes, 100%. And so now my definition of success is, uh, my definition of success now is, I think I can sum it up in regards to just beating resistance. Mm. Because I, I, I said to my best friend last night, I said, anything I do that isn't the thing or the things, I have a hard time choosing just one thing, which will be a battle for the rest of my life as well. But I, anything that I do that isn't the thing or the things that I want to do, which is acting and, and dancing, um, educating, creating, um, is now just excruciating and makes me feel like a failure yeah. because it doesn't, cause she's like, you're just, you're so busy. You're doing so many things. I'm like, it's not, it's not about what I'm doing. It's, it's, it's the fact that I'm keeping myself busy to not do the one or two things that are actually really important to me. And that is the definition of failure because I'm letting be resistance beat me. Mm. I'm not, sh I'm not showing up. Yeah. Is that getting too deep too quick? No, it's not 17. No. <laughs> <laughs> Only for you. You're lucky I haven't had three gins by now. Um, <laughs> yeah, <it's true. laughs> only because I've got to drive home. Um, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So, do you feel like you've achieved success? Mm, I, I feel like I, I, I feel like success is like, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's a forever moving thing, right? Because like our yeah. goals, our goals change constantly. Like I remember once upon a time, success to me was getting into dance to success. And then it was moving to London and then it was booking a job and then it was getting picked out in a class, even though I've already been booked a job, which essentially is a step back. Mm. Like, and now it's like a forever changing thing. Like my successes as an 18 year old or a 21 year old are so different to me as a 31 year old. Like if you'd said to me at 21, like your goal is going to be to get as many people to want to learn from you as possible. I'd have said, fuck off. I just want to go on stage in front of as many people as I can. And now it's the complete flip. Now is I want to teach people and educate people. The stage is like a, a nice thing if it comes along, but it's not the, the, I'm not chasing it. You know what I mean? Like, but do you feel like you've reached your successes? Um, hmm. Can I say yes and no? Yeah, of course. I, I will, <clears throat> let's see. I think, so, I heard this quote and I've, I know you've, you all have heard it too. And it's just, it's really fucked with my head and in the best way. And it's the definition of hell is when you meet the person you could have been. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. It's messed up. It's I think about up. that all the time, but yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember it's been playing back in my head a lot because I know I do think I'm successful because I am still here. 
Mm. And I'm still trying and I'm still working and I'm still showing up. Um, It's hard for me. My ego has always been very loud. And one of the reasons why I created Inside Out is because of all I've learned from always looking externally for, you know, fulfillment and happiness and all those things. Um, And I think the thing that I've learned is what's, I ask people this all the time. I'm like, what's worse? You trying to achieve something, whatever that is, your entire life and maybe by your own definition, failing, okay? Mm. Or not trying at all so you can't fail. Mm. And like I kind of said before, that to me would be failure. So I have a hard time feeling like I am successful, but if I look at my definition of success, I am successful Mm -hmm. because I'm still showing up every single day. So that's all I have to do. So I guess, yes. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I, I believe uh, if you don't try, you don't know. And I, I listened mm. to your episode last night where you were saying, like, you hate the word try. Like, let's not say I'm do, trying to. Let's say, let's say I'm doing it instead of trying it. But I'd rather you try than not do or not try. You know what yes, I mean? like, 100%. <laughs> rather than do nothing, trying is better yeah. than it. But just doing it and seeing what happens, that's the win. Like, yeah, kind of like you said in the episode, but I feel like if you don't quote unquote try, you'll never know. Whereas Mm -hmm. for me, like, you know, let's say I went to LA and I wanted to be successful and I did it Mm -hmm. for just under three years. And did I achieve everything I ever wanted to out there? No. Did I book Mm -hmm. a movie? No. Did I book my dream tour? No. All the things I went there for? No. But did I do things that I'd never done before? Yes. Did I learn about me? Yes. Did I make lots of new friends? Some. (laughs) But like, to me, they're all successes, like within their own right. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It might not be the overall picture of success of what I painted in my head. Mm -hmm. But if I look back at it, did I fail? No. So if I didn't Mm -hmm. fail, then I succeeded. Because there's nothing which is in between. Because to me, if you're not moving forward, then you're going backwards. So to me, going backwards means failing. Mm -hmm even if it's stagnant that means failing so like mm-hmm. baby steps forwards are still steps forward so that's a step towards success right mm-hmm. so Absolutely. yeah and how funny is it too that i think like you're i'm listening to you speak and i'm like you know what you always people say are you successful and i immediately looked outwards mm. at my life and then i i thought about it i was like hold on a second i'm listening to you speak i'm like hold on <laughs> um it was when you said you know i learned a lot about myself and i thought my biggest success, and I've said this before, is who I, not, not necessarily who I've become, but who I've almost re-become in the sense that I, um, I don't know if anyone's asked you this, this would be a fun question, but somebody asked me or told me rather, pay attention to what makes you feel the most sad in the whole world, mm-hmm. because that um, has something to do with, you know, what you feel like I struggle with this word as well, but that could be a whole other conversation, your purpose in life, Mm. you know, things like that. I know we could have a whole conversation about just that word, but um, the saddest thing for me is seeing people as products of who they've been taught they are instead of who they actually were when they were born. 
Mm. And <clears throat> if you asked me if I'm successful based on who I've become, I would say yes, massively, because who I was and then who I became as a result of my environment and who, what I've now shed to get back to the person I was born to be, like you, people have no idea mm. what I've, what I've, what kind of self growth I've done to be able to even just come here and, and speak to you with any sort of confidence. And if I focus on that, like I'm massively successful. Somebody give me a fucking Oscar for that, you know? And, and that's the thing that I'm the most proud of. Mm. I've never cared about the resume. I've never, the world's made me feel like I need to care, but I've never cared. I've always just wanted to see how much I could get out of me. Mm. That's interesting because I've really cared about the resume. Did like, you? Yeah, like hugely. Because in my head, well, like when I first wanted to be a dancer, like, you know, I just danced because I wanted to be Justin Timberlake, but I can't sing. So that didn't happen. And then it was just like, I'm, I saw a guy judging me at a competition called Glenn Ball. And I was like, I want to be him. Like, what does he do? That looks mm. like a fun life. I don't want to be a school teacher or I don't want to be a PE teacher or I don't want to be a bin man. Like I want to do what he does. He's getting, his job is to go and dance. Like, how do I do that? Oh, he dances for singers. That's how you make money dancing. Like I knew you could be a dance teacher, but I was like, what's in my head at the time, the level up from that. Oh, it's going and dancing for artists. Do you know what I mean? So a huge focal point of my life and my career and my training was never to be the best dancer I could be. It was never to be mm. the best artist I could be. It was to get on those jobs so I could make money, so I could say, this is how I survive. Do you know what I mean? And in that instance, yeah. I've succeeded. I'm successful. I had a, a great 10 years of doing it for artists and stuff like that, you know? Whereas now, like I said, my success, my goal has changed. Mm. That's so cool. It's, I, and I feel like, every, ah, I wonder how you being brought up influence that because i know that i i know the reason i never cared too much about the cv or the resume was because i just so desperately wanted to be actually talented because mm -hmm. i was i was always hardworking, and i was always the one that cared and i was always you know determined and i was always like the one with potential mm. but i never was told i was talented and that's funny because i do feel like mine was like uh i was always told uh in college I was told that I was the one who loved dance the most, but, mm. I but I won't make it. You know what I mean? And then I was told by like another big influence in my life. And I'm so grateful for him. Like he's, we still speak all the time. He's like a huge part of my life and I would never be where I am without him because he did support me, but I'll never forget him saying like, you'd make a really good dance teacher and me going, yeah, but I want to be a performer. And he offered me like a whole business plan at the age of like 19. And he was like, you can take on my company. You can do this. You can do all this. Like being a commercial dancer, it's not just about how you dance and which we've spoke about this before is how you look. And like, unless you look like that specific look, you're not going to make it. And I remember being like, well, watch me be that look, like watch me figure it out. Cause I was a short, mm. I was a short, fat, chubby ginger kid. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, cool. How do I become looking the nearest to that? So maybe without even knowing for my whole career, and I kind of figured this out a few years ago, all those people going that you don't look right to be it is why I was so determined to maybe succeed and dance for those artists. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've had a six yeah. pack since the age of 21. 
and it's never gone away because I don't let it mm. because I'll never let myself not be ready or not be the person or have the thing that was against me at the age of 18. Mm. You know, like it's weird yeah. how maybe that those those two conversations have gone and cemented in my brain. And that's been how my actions have got me where I am. Yeah. That's so cool. It's so it's fascinating. Have you watched um The Last Dance with Michael Jordan? Oh yes. Mate. Isn't it the best thing ever? I live on that shit. That yeah. oh my God. It's so motivating. I turn off one episode of that. I'm like, I'm gonna conquer the world. How, okay, so how did it make you feel watching it? It made me what the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, it made me feel well, I mean, I was just like massively inspired and um uh so much uh there's there's so much that resonated. There was there was a lot of um I don't know, I had sympathy, I had or empathy um for you know how determined he was and how hard he wanted to work and how much he wanted to push his teammates i think the thing that really hit me the most was at the end and when he gets well not to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it but if you haven't seen it but also it's been out for a year and a half so yeah sort yourself out Go it's your it. fault yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i just i remember feeling sad for him that he didn't feel finished that really got to me, man. That like pulled at my heartstrings at the end. I was like, oh, you're not done. Yeah. You're not, you're not done. You want to keep, you want to keep going. Yeah. For me, it was like an emotional <sighs> roller coaster because I remember watching it, like getting three episodes in and going, I don't work hard enough. Like, I remember going oh, to myself, yeah. like, you need to, like, if you want this, like, pull it out, like, pull your finger out and get going. Like, all those times where you just chill and watch fucking Netflix, like, you're watching this, you could be like, putting in more effort to get where you want to but then i was also mm -hmm. like isn't it sad that all the people around him don't like him isn't it sad that all the people around him they're not actually his friend or they all like say that he's a shit person mm -hmm. or like they're meant to be his teammates and to me like i like i have a very small team like but like my new mm -hmm. teammate like we genuinely the the word team and the word mate you know what I mean? Whereas I remember watching mm. it thinking they're not teammates. They're mm -hmm. just his team. Like there's no mate there. They don't have, they don't really have each other's back. Yeah. And, and that was quite sad to me because a huge part of our industry, I believe is social. Like that's the, yes. Yeah. Like when I think about all the favorite jobs or favorite moments, they're never necessarily the job is the people. Mm-hmm. Like even Massively. the weekend that we judged, like, was it the best competition? No. To be honest, it was pretty tragic. Like, <laughs> like, but I actually had the best weekend because it was such a great bunch of people. It was so much fun. We you had know? so much fun. Yeah. So I'm now like then, so then I watch it and I go, oh, do I want to be Michael Jordan? Like, do I want to not have the mate aspect? Because I'm so driven that I'm willing to just push everything out the way. Because I was like I that as a, I was like that as a human, like. I, I broke up with girlfriends to succeed. I didn't have a relationship with my family to succeed. Like I moved to LA. I left everyone and everything I love to succeed. And obviously it's not in a selfish way as in like, I don't care, but no one else's feelings were ever thought about. You know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. like, it's about finding the balance. Cause then obviously I, I lost my brother at 25. And then I was like, fuck, I haven't spoken to my brother for three years. Like, because I was mm. so focused on this, I have to achieve 
you know, and I lost, I guess that would be the mate aspect of the teammate. Like I didn't have a family. I didn't have a humanity. I didn't have a human side to my life. I was just that driven, blinkered, must achieve tours and goals and CV resume. So I feel like I had a bit of that Michael Jordan-esque. But until you figure out the other side, is when you go, ah, I need to be a human too. Mm. And now the human side is way more fulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so fascinating. I resonate so much with what you're saying because I, because of all the, th- the things that I was taught, I spent <clears throat> most of my life being a people pleaser as mm. a lot of us are. And I remember being in London a couple of years and, and going, you know, I just had a moment where I was like, I'm fucking miserable. And I had, I had so many people around me that I thought were my friends that really just, you know, I've been told my whole life that I'm, you know, a bright light and I give a lot of energy and, you know, I like, I'm so fun to hang around. And I never, Kane, it's unbelievable how naive I am in regards to, or have been in regards to people doing things for ulterior motives. Like I just, I think I get it from my mom. Like I just, we see the world through rose colored glasses. And one of the most powerful things she's taught me recently was um, as she grows as well, she was like, Christy, when people teach you who they are, believe them. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Rose colored glasses off. But so I had to fight through, I had to fight through that because I spent so much time and you don't do anything without a payoff. Like you don't do any sort of self-sabotage without a payoff. Mm. So I'm hanging out with all these people. I'm giving them all my time and all my energy. And, but at le- I'm going home at the end of the day and I'm like, well, at least I'm liked right? Subconsciously, at least people like me and I'm liked, but is it worth it? Cause I'm so unhappy. So no. So then that had to change. And I knew, I knew there had to be a big shift in regards to the people that I was spending time with and, and the amount of people I was spending time with, um, in order to be able to do what I wanted to do. So that, that was a scary moment, losing a lot of relationships in order to prioritize myself. Mm. Cause that, that, you know, that, that shedding of skin is again, another conversation and scary to do, but I, I, yeah, I feel the exact same way because I, there's so much I want to do. There's so much I want to do, not just as, as an artist and in a career, but just in life. Mm. I've always such a, had such a huge passion for life. You know, when people are like, I'm bored. I'm like, how can you be bored? Did, there are so many films. My, there my, are so many books. My mom like, used to teach me when I was little. And this is the, like, my mom is the most amazing human on earth. Um, she's my best friend. Like, and yeah. I used to say to her when I was little, I'd be like, mom, I'm bored. And she'd go to me, only boring people get bored. And I'm like, <gasps> I'm putting that you know, on a t-shirt. It's going right? on a shirt. Only yes. boring people get bored. So good. So now whenever someone goes to me on board, I'm like, well, then go and be fun. Oh, my God, that's so good. And I can't tell you my time as an adult where I've been bored. I can. Mm. I took on a job a few months ago and it made me really bored and really miserable. So I stopped like, you know, like because I was bored. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm yeah. not here for this life. I'm, not, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Like boring, yeah. doesn't, boring isn't going to be a part of my, my structure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. I, 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 I resonate a lot with what you're saying in regards to the people, um, the human aspect being more important to, I think for, for me, cause I, I really, 
um, empathize with a lot of um, Michael Jordan's kind of, um, you know, determination and I demand and want and think I can do a lot um, from myself. Um, but I think the people I needed, the circle needed to shrink mm. for me to be able to, I think where I'm at in my life is I spent, I've spent more than half of it, like now I guess three quarters of it, trying to please everybody else. And I needed to give permission to not have to do that. Mm. Um, and because of that relationships have lost, but I've been able to, to dedicate, I just, I love working. I, and it's something that I never wanted to, um, I tried to do everything and I tried to be the friend that everybody needed, but I remember realizing what friendship meant to me mm. and me being your best friend, like not your best friend, but me being, let me word that differently. Me best being friend the best, you can be. Yes. Yeah. Is me leading by example. Yes. Going, Hey, I'm going to unapologetically dedicate all my time to my shit. Yeah. And I want you to feel like you can do the same thing. Like, like my, my favorite people are fellow, like I call them wolves. I'm like the wolf pack. Right. I'm like, Hey, you're too busy to like you, like, it's like, you know, we get to collaborate and we get to, you know, create magic together and we get to have epic conversations and then you're going to go off and, you know, continue to do that. And I'm going to applaud you from like near or far. And then I'm going to do the same thing. And then the next time we see each other, yeah. it's going to be phenomenal, but that's, I don't need to give people my time to show them that I love them. I feel like there's other things that I could do that are more powerful. Family is a bit hard though. I, I have so much guilt living on the other side of the world sometimes because all oh, my yeah. family's here. Oh, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Even, even I live like an hour and a bit from mine and I have so much guilt that I'm like, I should see them every week and I probably see them once a month. Yeah. And, and, and you think I'd have learned my lesson after what I've been through, but even still then I go, but I'm just going to come home, spend loads of time with my family and be bored and be unsatisfied and not be able to chase my dreams or chase my goals. And you don't want to see me like that. I don't want to see me like that. I'm not doing anyone a yeah. favor by being that person who's just going to be like, I'm just going to sit at home on the sofa all day and spend time with my, my nan. Like, I love mm. my nan. She wants me to do everything. Like, you know, mm -hmm. she wants me to feel fulfilled. So if that's not going to fulfill me, then it's doing neither of us a favor. Exactly. I don't, I don't think, I think the world suffers as much as we suffer. If you're built with such a sensational hunger for life, the way we are, I think it is a shame and a loss to not completely, not only acknowledge that, but accept it and follow through with it. Mm. Are, are there any people in your life that like, like they don't even need to be in your life or people that you just see that you really like inspire you or like affect you in a way or even if you see them and be like i like what they do but i don't want to be that fully or solely i mean it's it's anybody that has um i'm i'm really inspired by people that oh i'm still here black. okay she's back, <laughs> she's back. <laughs> i i'm really inspired by people people that this is a great question um i i want to say the first words in my head are want more but i don't know if that's totally right but it's it's something they 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 dare to um chase the unknown mm -hmm. 
I think that's really, really cool because our brain is always going to default tell us when we have an idea, it's always going to give us a complete list of all the things that could go wrong. And I always try and be grateful for that because I'm like, okay, you're doing your job. The mind is there to help us survive and be safe. Fine. Thank you so much. But what it doesn't do is give you the other side of the coin, which is here's all the things that could go right. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. so I, I'm inspired by people that um, dare to chase the unknown. So you didn't know that the podcast would work, but you did it anyway. I think that's incredible. Um, Raffaello Kivino from Applause for Thought, I think is doing incredible things. She inspires me massively. Um, I have so many friends that are, you know, writing films, writing scripts, writing shows. Um, anyone that's just doing the work, my friend Lauren that lives down the street, but then, and then to people, you know, like Michael Jordan and Tom Bilyeu and yeah. Um, yeah. Cause what I've started doing, the older I've got, like growing up, all my inspirations were dance. Like I like, mm -hmm. I want to be this dancer or this dancer or this dancer. And the older I've got dances that I still very much appreciate. Like, you know, the dancers that inspire me, like the older mm -hmm. people that have taught me, I'm still very much inspired by them. But now I feel like I gravitate towards people who, kind of like you said take things into their own hands or like take a gamble and achieve like there's a guy called brendan sharp who's an ex-ufc fighter and he was good he wasn't fantastic and i kind of put myself he's like my spirit animal like mm. like he was in the top 10 in the ufc in the world of fighting but he was never the greatest and i, I feel like you know i'd had a very very successful career but i was never the greatest like you know and i was like he took a gamble and then he went and became a comedian and then he started his own podcast and now he's got his own network and it's kind of like i i feel like like that inspires me that you actually took the gamble and left the thing that you were great at to try mm -hmm. and, and now you've succeeded in something else and i'm like that could that's me oh that's what i'm trying to not be him but like i'm trying to do that journey where i can take my passion and my love for dance but like transfer it and use all those skills and my knowledge and information in another realm so i find like spirit animals like or like influences like that and then i look at like the super successful like the rock and i go wow like is there a heart is there a more hard-working successful human on earth like you know mm. he was a he was an american footballer who then became a wrestler who then became the most highest paid actor in the world but then i also go bet he's a shit dad though but he's a shit husband. How often does he get to play with his kids? Does he drop them off and pick them up from school? Like, you know, so then it's like, oh, I don't want that. So it's like, you know, life is when I'm looking for inspirations, I'm always like, I want to take his work ethic. Oh, but I don't want that bit. Because when I got mm. a kid, I want to make sure I drop it off and pick it up from school. Like, I want to make sure that I can read it a bed and read it a book at night. Like, you know, all mm -hmm. those things. Although mm -hmm. I can't read, but we'll both listen to a podcast together. Like <laughs> there you go. Audiobooks, fine. It's yeah. fine. Audiobooks. Same but do you thing. know what I mean? Like, so when I now yeah. when I chase inspiration or when it finds me, it's not actually very much dance-based anymore. Yeah. Even though I'm no. still trying to use it in my dance realm, kind of where I'm mm. at. Totally. I'm the same. I think I think for us it's it's um you can tell me if this sounds right to you, but I think we we are really inspired by self-made people mm. and I, I i think that i'm inspired by that because not only does it give me permission to keep trying and keep going mm -hmm. but it makes it feel possible mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
So when you say that, kind of picking up on what you said earlier, like when you think about the the things that could go right and things that could go wrong, how often mm. do you think about the things that could go wrong? Hmm. Um, dangerously, consciously, probably not a lot. Consciously, probably too. Nah, there's not two. That's don't say that, Christy. Um, subconsciously, probably quite a bit. And I will know that based on any given day, based on how much, again, I'm beating resistance or not. Mm. So if I'm thinking things are impossible, I'm not starting mm. is what happens. Yeah. If I'm not starting that note, that's when I know. Because yeah. I never, ever think of what could go wrong. It doesn't even, great. it doesn't even cross my, well, tell my fiance that she'll disagree, but like, hence I break everything or I do everything wrong and I have to do it seven times. And I'm like, but the, me doing it seven times is the same amount of time it could take someone who's overthinking to do it once. Mm, so I might mm -hmm. get lucky and get it right the first time and then I'm winning. But if I've got to do it seven times and it takes as much time as you thought to do it once, like that's, that's how my brain works. And I know it's not optimal and it's not perfect, but it's where I function best. It's just like on the rapid. Like, and if it fucks up, I'll yeah. figure it out. But like, I never, yeah. ever think of the consequences. Like, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I just see the best in, in any opportunity. Like nothing is impossible. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just where my brain's at. And I feel like that's a big part of why I've been quote unquote successful mm -hmm. because I'm not afraid to fail yeah. because I don't, because I don't know what the failure will be. You know what I mean? I don't think yeah. about like when you go to like auditions, did you ever think about what if I don't get this? I've never thought about what if I don't get an audition ever. Mm. A lot of the yeah. time it's because I got them, but <laughs> like, yeah, you know, but again, and if I didn't, I'd just go, okay, well, why didn't I, instead of thinking about it beforehand, I just go, well, why didn't yeah. I get this? Okay. That's a learning curve. Figure it out. Mm. Use that mm. now don't dwell on it just use it because i feel like if i dwell on it that's gonna then put in my brain that oh i have to think about what happens when shit doesn't go to plan mm -hmm. you know then that becomes a habit whereas i don't mm -hmm. want that habit i just want to go i'm going to go for it and give it my all in the most smart yeah. way i can but fearlessly mm -hmm. you know relentlessly yeah. yeah and that's brilliant and that's such a gift and i feel like you um have been uh void of that kind of form of uh fear of rejection like when people pre-plan the the bad especially in an audition setting it's because they're so deathly afraid of rejection that they're you know pre-planning what's going to happen and how they're going to you know deal with that feeling when before it's even happened mm. Because, and, it, and, but the thing is, man, they're not even, they are afraid of rejection, but it's not, it's never the thing. It's the thing, un, it's what the thing means mm. that is so excruciating. So it's not that you were rejected. It's the fact that if you're rejected, it means that you're not good enough, which means you're not going to make it, which means you failed, which means you should stop trying because you look like an idiot in the first place for even thinking that you could make it. Like, this is how our, this is how dancers' psyches work. And I've, I've realized, I was like, hey, entertain this for a second. Can you imagine if no one had ever been taught on some level at some point in their life that they weren't good enough? Okay. A lot of people have this belief. If they hadn't been taught that and they went to an audition and they got cut. The most that they would think and feel when they left the audition was like, oh, that's a shame. That would have been fun. Yeah. Instead of, oh my God, 
I'm an idiot. I'm a failure. I can't even get this job, blah, 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 blah. Like just the spiral that comes after that. It's the same as relationships. If no woman had ever been taught, you know, you're not lovable. If any man broke up with them, they'd be like, oh, that's a shame. I'm really going to miss spending time with them. Sure, there might be three to six months of, of you know, like missing having the person around. But I, this, like, it's the years and the baggage and the therapy. It's not because of the person. It's because of the shit that you believed before you even got in that relationship in the first place. Yeah. How simple would life be if we didn't have this extra crap? No, it would. Is that? Oh, he's frozen. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Am I still here? Right? Yeah. I, okay. I, I agree. I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. I don't I'm back. I don't think my brain never thinks about any of those things. Like it just doesn't. Oh. Yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, you're still there. I didn't know if you'd frozen then. You're like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're in. That's um, amazing. So what is your what's your goal now? Like, what are you trying to achieve now, currently? What are you seeking? Um, I think myself is, I split Christy into three. She's an educator, she's a creative, and she's a performer. And educator Christy is pretty fulfilled. I'm very lucky to have created the House of Jazz community that I've been able to build um, with, you know, the help of James Harris and so many other people and everyone that makes up the community. We wouldn't have what we have without the people in it. And they've ruined teaching for me because I they're so hungry and they're so invested that it I teach anywhere else. And I'm like, where's your work ethic, guys? What's wrong with you? You know? Yeah. They're they're so good. And and then having, you know, just this side project of of having inside out um podcast being my way of being able to you know word vomit to the world and i've always said that my favorite thing to do is learn and my second favorite thing to do is share what i've learned and so that's mm. my way of being able to to when i learn something i'm like i can tell everybody um <laughs> creatively christy's not allowed to write any more shows this is the rule for 2022 she's got three shows that she's written and actually four and she's not allowed to write another one she has to concentrate on selling the shows that she has because i've spent my life savings investing in these projects and i want to see them you know reach their fullest potential which is what, the focus for 2022 when you say shows do you mean like a theater show or a tv show or the all the all theater mm -hmm. so i have um uncorked theater which is immersive theater and then i have Jazz house theater, which is uh, more traditional, like jazz theater musicals without singing. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you obviously. Know. So you can, so you can slot right in there. I'm trying to make a point. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, those. Uh, there's, there. Each, each company has two productions that um, have all been self-funded up until this point. And um, yeah, the the goal will be to 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 see those reach their full potential which i think would be really cool um <clears throat> but i think the biggest goal for me is um committing wholeheartedly and fully to acting um i will never not be able to dance if i don't dance for a week i get really grumpy so the lockdowns were interesting um and it'll always be a massive part of me but i know i said when i was 10 i wanted to be an actress and 
if I keep that quote in the back of my head and I don't give it my fullest shot, I will have no one but to blame but myself. And that is not an option. Mm. I guess the great thing about wanting to be an actress is that there's kind of no time limit on it. Yeah. You know, like, you're, it's not like you're, and I don't want to say this, but like, you're not pressed for time. It's not like a dancer. It's not like, you know, if, fuck, if 35, you haven't kind of achieved anything. It's kind of like, oh, it's only going to get worse options from here unless you're really fortunate. But on the grand scheme of it, your chances are going down. Whereas mm -hmm. I guess with acting, like it can happen whenever. Like mm -hmm. there are so many actors that made it in their like 40s, in their 50s, like really late on. You know, mm -hmm. so in the, I feel like in the scheme of acting world, you're still in your youth. You're still so early. You're still in your baby phases. So that's, I guess, one of the pros about wanting to pursue that kind of line of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah, there's, there's no, there's no time limit to that, which is really cool. And the more you know yourself and learn about yourself, the better I think an actor that you are. Um, so that that's really exciting. I have so much I want to see and experiment with myself as uh, an actor, but also um, just acting and performing in theater in general, which is why creative and performing are more the focus for this year, because again, trying to speak with integrity, I, I've seen too much, I don't know how you feel about this, but too, too much of theater that I'm seeing nowadays is about the wow factor. Mm -hmm. And so much of the performance is just be able to do everything well enough. Mm. But I'm, I'm leaving theaters, man. And I'm like, I don't, I don't feel anything. And I should feel something. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the level of mediocrity. So I, I, I agree. There are some shows. I, I'm not a huge theater goer. I never wanted, mm. I never really fell in love with musicals until I did pantomime and it kind of made me go, wow, if this is this fun, like musicals are, and hard musicals are fucking mm. ridiculous. You know, there's so much more into it. And uh, the last time I was probably left like sp speechless, like when I left was I went to watch Tina the musical with the original <gasps> cast, you know, the oh, original okay. cast, but in London. And I remember, I can't remember the woman's name. It begins with A. And I remember watching her and that I was like, like, you know, you get that kind of feeling where you're so overwhelmed, you want to cry. Mm. Like I was in the theater with my mom and literally we were clapping at the end and I, I felt like I could have cried because I was so overwhelmed. But like, I can't recall many times where I felt that way in theater. But again, I'm not a huge theater lover. So I feel like to try and make me feel that way is actually keeping me engaged for the whole show is the challenge. Like I watched Mary yeah. Poppins and I was like, this is a lot, like this is long. Like I wasn't in. You know, like I liked mm -hmm. it, but I wasn't in. Like if you'd mm -hmm. someone had said, you've got to go outside and take a phone call, I wouldn't be heartbroken. You know, yeah. like yeah, one of those. But yeah, I guess yeah. I kind of feel like I know what you're saying. Or I can pick apart, like when I watch a show, things that I didn't like or things that I yeah. thought weren't as good as I could be. Like, you know, sometimes I'll watch the ensemble. And it's always dance for me that I pick apart because I understand it, you know, in the scheme very well. Like yeah. I would say I'm close to being a master at what I do is dance, you know, and I know you like that word mastery instead of perfection. Um, you mm -hmm. said that encore and it really stuck with me. Um, but like I watch it and I'll be like, oh, that was disappointing. Considering you do yeah. this 10 times a week, 
I thought you'd be better at it. Like, you know, a lot of times I get that feeling. Yeah. And this is, this is why when I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being proud of, you know, the external achievements. And because I also think that dancers don't applaud themselves enough. So we discount Mm. everything that's good. And then we concentrate on everything that's bad. We don't know how to take a compliment, but we take all the criticism. I'm like, guys, do you not see the complete imbalance here? So we, we, think about the lack of our resume, but then when we get something, when we actually book a job, we have all the excuses as to why it's not good enough. Well, we, well, so-and-so did this last year, or I'm not young enough, or like, I should have done this five years ago, or it's not like, we just, we just justifications. And so I do, I do think it's healthy to celebrate everything that you've done, but at the same time, <clears throat> the, those things are not what's, go- I don't, I don't believe that those are the things that, you know, make you feel good i think you know like listening to you i think what makes you feel so good about yourself uh in a lot of ways is the fact that you you know were told you were one thing and then went no i'm not Mm. i'm gonna show you that i can do everything that you think that i can't so all Mm. all the gratification came from you putting in the work to become the person to get the jobs i think the jobs were and, Fine, and, and I think the job, but yeah. the cherry on top, you know? Yeah, but it wasn't the, the, that wasn't the cake. That wasn't the, like, the, that wasn't the victory. No, the, vic- the victory was getting Over- the six pack, then uh, keeping uh, the six pack, uh, or like whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know it, was, I mean? it was overcoming the obstacles. Yes, yeah. And, and so when I watch people, and this is what I champion so much, I'm like, yes, don't chase perfection, chase mastery, but also don't chase mediocrity. Don't don't be don't be satisfied with just being good enough to get the jobs Mm. be be if this is what you want to do you have to be obsessed with the journey you have to be uh like just totally immersed in in the day-to-day that's that's the success Mm. the the hard thing is so I, I I believe if you can become great at something, you can become great at anything. As long mm-hmm. as you apply the same intention or the same effort. So if I applied mm-hmm. into being not anything, obviously within limitations, I'm never gonna be a basketballer, I'm five foot eight. But like if I wanted to be a fireman and I put the same amount amount of effort into being a fireman as I did being a dancer, like I'd be a fireman. Mm-hmm. The only mm-hmm. thing is the time where I got to put all my effort into being a dancer was from the age of 14 to 20, where I had zero commitments, zero distractions, zero other obligations. Whereas now at 31, I have a mortgage, a car payment, a fiance, a puppy. So I can't put all my eggs into a basket because I have other baskets that I have to keep full, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing with like when we're striving for mastery at a specific, striving for mastery is fantastic, but depending where you are in your life, I do think plays a huge factor on what you can do. Cause right now I want to strive for mastery in doing podcasts, you know, but mm-hmm. I can't, I can't be here every day. Like, mm-hmm. cause who's going to look after my dog? Who's going to spend time with my fiance? Who's going to go and earn money to pay for my mortgage? You know, like all these things are counted. Whereas me at 18, just had to make sure I didn't die. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't matter mm-hmm. about food. I didn't care about food. I lived on Weetabix. Like, yeah, you know, so I, I feel like, yeah, yeah. Oh, not noodles. It was just Weetabix and pound sausage rolls. But and like, <laughs> really healthy. Hence the fat ginger kid. Um, <laughs> but 
But like, do you know what I mean? I feel like now chasing mastery as an adult is so much more challenging than it was as a, a teen or a young adult. Yes, I agree. So then now what if you applied, what if you said, okay, so it's not, I don't have quantity of time, but what I do have is the maturity to understand the power of consistency. Yes, nice. So maybe you can't be there every day, but you can consistently be there every week. I don't know if quantity is great, but I feel like quantity is the, um, uh, the consolation prize that we get when we don't have the maturity to apply consistency. Mm. We, we are given the gift of quantity of time mm -hmm. because we can't, we aren't mentally mature enough to understand how to apply ourselves. So instead the world goes, okay, well, you don't know how to fight for the consistency. You don't understand the importance of that yet, but we're going to give you all the time for you to practice, play, fuck up, you know, learn, grow. And then by the time you're mature enough to choose, you will fight for that consistency. You might not have quantity, but you will, you will have more quality, I think. No, for sure. Because I guess now the choosing of what I put that time into is much more selective. And, you know, whereas before you had time, so you're like, I'm just going to do everything. You know, yeah. like, it, it, why not? If just try everything. Whereas now it's like, oh, well, this is more, it's more calculated approach. And I think we can apply that to our relationships too. You know, mm. how we were speaking before about, you know, the whole Michael Jordan aspect of, of team and mate and who we spend our time with and, and how we spend our time. So you might not be able to see your family every single week, but the times that you spend with them, because you're more consistently showing up for yourself and what you want to do, you can be more present. Mm. Whereas if you were there every week, you'd be thinking about all the other things you want to do. I'd rather spend less time and really enjoy being with those people than spend more time with them and be stressed bored about all the other things. Yeah. And be bored. <laughs> and, and exactly. Be bored. <laughs> exactly. Cause only boring people get fucking bored. <laughs> we need, we, that needs to be a shirt. Yeah. I've just made um, new oh, merch. Um, oh, sick. So, and it made me think about, I listened to your, your podcast last night about um, you not wanting to demonstrate your class combo oh god because yeah. you would feel like you're showing off and you don't want to mm -hmm. feel like you're showing off and subconsciously that's what you thought and you know you hadn't unpacked it until your friend i don't want to give it all away so everyone go and listen because it's a very very interesting episode and it made me think about myself a lot um but it's really interesting so i've just made uh jumpers and i was teaching the other week and on the wall it says dance like no one's watching and i was like that's the shittest quote of all time dance like no one's watching well with no effort no nothing just flop my way through it with no like care like i was like no dance like everyone's fucking watching like mm. so i've got hoodies saying dance like everyone's fucking watching on the back <laughs> like that's cause brilliant because i was just like no bitch we that's what we want right like yeah. as much as and i know it sounds very superficial but look none of us are trying to become a performer without having people watching because otherwise you're not a performer because mm -hmm. who are you performing to mm -hmm. right like so to, yeah. and it made me interesting because listening to your your uh, podcast last night saying like you know you didn't want to show off your class combo and you didn't want to make it about you it doesn't necessarily yeah. be about have to be about you but you still have to 
do it because otherwise how are people going to want to come and learn from you like no I, you know absolutely. it was like yeah it just had me thinking about it all yesterday and I was like yo this is so funny and I just made those jumpers saying it yeah I know it's brilliant and it's 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 a shame because I feel like I don't know I don't know if this is something that more girls experience than or women experience more than men. I don't, I don't know. That'd be interesting to see, but there's, there's such a fear amongst women of the, who does she think she is judgment. Um, and I think the thing, have you ever read any of Mark Manson's books? Uh, one. Was it the, the subtle art of not giving a fuck? Yes. The sequel is really good. Yeah. I haven't really done the sequel. sequel I've done the subtle art of not giving a fuck by read it. I mean, audio booked it. Yes. I right. Yes. 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 And then, yeah. so I I missed what he said, but it was there was he another said, book called Jake said the sequel. Everything is fucked. That one. Is that oh, the I think I I might have listened to that one as well, but I'm I've reading, definitely done. I'm reading that one at the moment. It's uh oh, it's mate. much better. It's it's a really really good book. I'm learning a lot from it for sure. Jake, you can read. I can read. Wow. Just about like a page a day max. Even with those little tiny eyes. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. Okay, so I, Jake, I don't want to ruin. I don't know if you're at this part, but there's this part. Can I speak about it or not? Yeah, ruin it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, down, go deep. Ruin it. Ruin. There's um, there's a part in the book where he explains uh, what it is to be an adult, and I'm just like obsessed with this idea that he's planted in my head in regards to um, <clears throat> uh, children equal pleasure. So as kids, we're always seeking pleasure. You know, like we want to play the playground we want to you know eat ice cream we want to like you know make a mess whatever and then what happens is as we grow into adolescence is adolescence equals um consequences equals pleasure so we start to learn rules about life you know so like as a kid if you eat ice cream without asking mom before dinner you learn that that's bad <laughs> you know and stuff like that so as you become a teenager you start to learn how to manipulate and you go, if I do my homework, my mom will let me drive her car. If I do my chores, I can go to this party. If I, so nothing, nothing is done for just purely because it's the right thing to do. It's done so you can get to the pleasure. Yeah, sure. So that makes sense? It's a trade-off. Yeah, exactly. And then he says, so what's being adult? What's being an adult? And it just says adult equals consequences. And I was like, that is epic and basically he says he's like i can't wait for you to read this part of the book if you haven't already <laughs> he goes uh adults tell the truth not because they're going to benefit from it because usually you won't necessarily if you're you know if it's especially if it's tough you tell the truth because it's the right thing to do and i read that and i'm like i'm never lying ever again i don't care how tiny like and how much easier my life would be if I'm, I'm just gonna tell the truth all the time. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think the reason why a lot of people, um, maybe more so women, I don't know, feel the fear of like the who does she think she is, is because as it's, if you think about teenagers, and I have to really think about this when I teach teenagers more than um, like inside out things when I teach adults, is their most important thing at that time is being accepted. By their peers their friends are the most people like liking them is the most important thing and it's crazy how you know and i won't get too much into it but how the we have an ego and how the ego is born and how it's there to help us but once we don't need it anymore as adults we don't we have the maturity to understand situations we didn't understand as kids like 
we can understand as adults why our parents got divorced and why it's not our fault. We can understand that your actions are more, say more about you than they say about me. We understand these things, but no one then sits us down and goes, okay, let's unpack the ego because you don't actually need that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think that whole quote of, you know, dance like nobody's watching is born from that fear of if if I am my biggest, best self, it's it's the reason why I think sometimes women experience it more than men is because women don't know how to still don't know how to always necessarily cheer each other on. Mm. We're so concerned about being liked instead of being respected. Mm. What would you rather have? Being liked is cheap. It is trendy. It is surface level. It is fake half yeah. the time. It's not substantial. Be respected. I would so much rather be respected, but fuck, it took me a long time to get there. I wanted to be liked my whole life. I've spoken about this on here before. I think maybe I haven't, but I've definitely spoke about it before on a podcast. And like, that's with like, you know, say you do an Instagram post or whatever. And like, Mm. I can have, say, 50 students comment on it saying flame emoji. And it's cool. But when John Graham messages me saying, good job, like, that means so much more. Cause to me, that's not a trend. That's not a, like, that's a, a showing of respect. Cause in my eyes, you're above me. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. whereas everyone not saying the students are below me, but they're learning from me. I'm further ahead than they are on the journey. So it's like, it's a, Oh my God, I want to be like you. Like yeah. kind of like, whereas John doesn't want to be like me. He's ahead of mm. me in his journey. He's to me, I, I idolize him. So for him to say good job to me, that's like a, a sign of respect. Mm -hmm. does that make sense like to show the difference of the two and that to me is worth a thousand people saying they like it who aren't above me yeah or further ahead in their career of me you know yeah 100 absolutely absolutely yeah i love that it's brilliant that's how it kind of carries over into my world um yeah what do you struggle with on a day-to-day basis like as a artist, as a creative, like what's the hardest part of being you as a creative? Um, it's a great question. I think. Cause we can always say like all the good things, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's easy. We show that off to the world. So people say on Instagram, we tell everyone all the good shit. Like what's your hard shit? Yeah, I know. I was just going to say, what's good? Look at the Instagram feed. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's, what's not as good? Um, I think, uh, I think for me, it's, I'm trying to speak concisely and that usually, I mean, you've listened to my podcast, so you know that the gold comes from 30 minutes of ranting and then there's like, that pinnacle moment yeah that's epic that state that state of flow that you're always finding right i think i think it's just still um uh believing believing in the unknown daring to want more um fighting against what i've been taught the constant unlearning the showing up and doing doing the work um i think when i reflect like on in that last episode that you said you listened to i i i I think I was taught that my sheer genuine yet so genuine somewhat naive belief in that anything's possible um, is it, it was laughed at. Mm. 
And I think every day I just got to, I have to spend time on believing that that's a gift and not a, what's, what's the opposite? What's that word I'm looking for? Uh, just not a negative, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I made a choice kind of like I said at the beginning, I, I could have had a career of being, you know, a rocket or a showgirl or in Moulin Rouge in Paris, or, I mean, I can't cartwheel. So I would have had to learn how to do that. Yeah. I can cartwheel on the left. So re- right. hey, it's, it's not a, a useful side. It's a long way down as well <laughs> if you fall. <laughs> Mate, it's like people roll, stand up and start turning. And I'm like, I'm still bending my knees, guys. <laughs> For like, people who don't I- know, Christy's quite tall i still haven't hit the floor yet (laughs) but uh yeah i think it's 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 um it's 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 building something other than what the world has told me that i am i think it's very similar to what you know kind of similar to what you've been taught as well people you know put you in a corner and you say and say this is this is what you can do and i think i'm just going to spend my whole life going no i can do i can do more than that i can do so much more than that i think the other struggle is actually choosing as well. People always ask me, there's so many entrepreneurs that I listen to that are like, do one thing. Like Tom Billy will say, pick yeah. one thing and fucking master it. And I'm, I'm like, I, I just, I can't, I can't choose one. No, me either. That's not no. how my brain works. Whatsoever. No, me neither. No, like my, not even my, close. My fiance said to me probably a month ago, like, Kane, what do you want to do? You can't do everything. And I was like, watch me. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was like, I've got a program in Swindon. I teach at two colleges. I teach at a dance school. Uh, I've got a podcast. I want to do another program somewhere else. She's like, chill out. I was like, I want to run in a, a like, competition. She's like, you can't do all this stuff. I'm like, yes, I can. Like, Yeah. But yeah. I, I think it's so much better to be the top, like, 5% of, like, six things than the top 0.01% of one. It's so much more interesting that way. Let's go, Jake. Do you know what I mean? Like that was dope. I'm, I'm the exact same. Like I'd much rather be like good at a lot of things, and then expand those skills and use them in lots of different categories because it makes my life interesting. And going, kind of going back to the idea of what success is, my idea of success is to die never having regretted. So that really kind of fits into that role by mm. being good at lots of stuff. If only everyone could see you right now. <laughs> you should have had a camera. You should have stepped into the line. Like in. Just just that one sentence. You should have. <laughs> it's quite a walk, but <laughs> especially for my short legs. Yeah. No, that's dope. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like I love that. Because actually, if you think about like, like, I don't know about you guys, but a day in a week in the life of Kane, every day is so different. Mm. That's what makes it fun. Mm. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. I can do one thing every single day. Like even the fact that my schedule is almost the same week to week sometimes gets me like. If I'm five weeks and there's been not a spanner in the works, I'm like, come on, bitch. Like, give me something to do. Like, give me a workshop. Give me a job. Give me a casting. Give me an obstacle. If it's just like plain sailing. That's why I never wanted to do musicals. Because I was like Mm. the same thing every day for a year. And like even cruise ships, I was like being on the same boat every day. And everyone like, yeah, you get to go to nice countries. And I go, yeah. And then I get on the same boat. Like, Mm -hmm my brain mm-hmm. needs variety so jake that was a fantastic point made come in christy do yeah. you have do you do you feel like you have variety in your life oh massively massively i and then but the struggle is not doing the things that come easy to me 
as a form of procrastination from from doing the things that I really want to do. I always say that, you know, because I have House of Jazz and Inside Out and even even working on Jazz House Theater and, and Uncork Theater and like the creative side of stuff. Um, it's so much easier. My biggest form of resistance is not doing the work. It's doing the wrong work. Mm. I could sit and write emails all day and build House of Jazz. House of Jazz could easily be the only thing that I do easily. And it comes so easy to me and I have so many fucking ideas and I could, it could just grow and grow and grow and it will, but that would be failure because then I never acted. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so that yeah. for me, it's, 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 I think my biggest struggle is not letting myself be beaten by resistance by doing the wrong work every day, because I have so much choice because I've built so many platforms. And what's wonderful is I feel like I've, ex I've exploded and vomited out. It's not really nice. My soul, like mm -hmm. I'm done now. Like there's, there's not another company that needs to be built my entire foundation. I, and that's how I feel so rich. I'm like, I have six houses. I have six houses because I've, if I, you split Christine to actor and dancer as well, I, I have six companies. Mm. Doesn't need to be anymore. Like my entire being has been, you know, turned inside out and be made into art. Like that, my life is so cool. Who can say that? That's epic. But I have to know that I have to clean six houses and I have to paint six houses and I have to vacuum six houses and I have to spend time and meditate pay each for those six houses. And I have to pay. I have to pay for the rent and the mortgage. And so, yeah, my my challenge for till the end of time now is going Christy everything that you've needed to get out you've gotten out like when we put on welcome to the grand for the first time which was jazz house theater's first production the show needed needs so much work and it'll get there um but I remember sitting in the change room uh with James after the first after opening night and I was like I feel like I've lost 200 pounds like, did we do it in the right way? No, we made so many mistakes, but we made our mistakes. Mm. We had to make the mistakes. We didn't make other people's mistakes. You have to make your own mistakes. That is so important in life. Make your own fucking mistakes. Mm. So important. Um, but now that all those ground, the groundwork has been laid, the houses have been built. It's the upkeep and it's not just staying in the cozy, comfortable one. Mm. For sure. Do you, yeah. when you're, trying to achieve mm. do you set a reason as why you're trying to achieve like or do you do you use because you always talk about external in like how you don't want to be external in and you want to be inside out like mm -hmm. for me like i i always had the goal that i wanted to own a property by the age of 30 mm. so like i ended up kind of changing my career path so i could make that come true but still stay within performing so I went on tour with mm -hmm. Dream Boys. And then now it's like, I want to buy a, a two. I'm coming back. I want to buy uh, like a two or three bedroom property, like a house, because mm -hmm. I owned a one bedroom flat. So now I want to ha have a house with a garage so I can make a podcast slash stand studio in my garage. And I want to buy a new car. So a lot of my things now that I do uh, to still fulfill my creative side, but also try and fulfill that side. So like I'll take financial, I'll take different choices. So financially I gain and I creatively and mentally gain. Does your brain work mm -hmm. the same way? Do you ever think about like, 
I want to buy this or I want to get these nice shoes or I want to do these nice things because we're in such a materialistic world. And like Jake said to me the other week, he's like, you're flashy, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, I like nice things. Like, and it's not to like nice things for other people to say I have nice things. So I can look at my nice things and go, I have nice things. Yeah. Do you have that at all? Because I know a lot of like creatives don't necessarily have those things. You know what I mean? But then I feel like a lot of commercial dancers or this, the, the show busy side, they do have those things because they want to be flashy and show off. Like where do you kind of fall on that? Oh man, there's, okay. There's three ways I could go about this question. I'm going to do the first two because they're short and then I'll do the last one because it's been longer. But um, when it comes to, <clears throat> two, two of them kind of go together. I think, uh, oh, is it, is it Mark Manson again? Or is it Simon Sinek? Do you know who Simon Sinek is? He's Not another- he's he's a he's another entrepreneur podcaster he's epic um and uh he speaks about how but i do think this is a mark manson thing too about like what are you what are you willing to fail at kind of and what are you willing to sacrifice in regards to um you know what you what you want but what you're willing to give up to get there mm-hmm. you know so i love that you wanted all the, these things but there was only certain ways you would go about getting those things yeah like, like not there's, gonna... there's no way i'm gonna go and get a normal job and earn four times more money to make that happen yeah yeah exactly and i think that's brilliant and i think one of the ways um you love my trilogy so here's another trilogy mm. that is not mine but i do pass it on um when you accept work i always say you have to have at least two out of the three p's mm-hmm. and the three p's are project people and pay mm-hmm. so you because if you take a job for just the pay and you hate the project and you hate the people, man, that paycheck yeah. is that was never me. enough. That was me two months ago. Like every time I spoke to Jake, I, I took on a, a kind of a new job and I was literally like, I hate it. Every yeah. single day I'd message him and he's like, well, stop it then. And I was like, I will. <laughs> just not <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I did. Yeah, I stopped it. The- I was like, the money isn't worth. Never is, isn't it? No. Yeah, no, it never is. And then, so that brings me to um, another guy. I think you would really like this if you haven't heard it already. His name is Ramit Sethi, and he wrote a book called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. Mm. And I'm obsessed with this book right now because I know nothing about finance and I'm learning about stocks and bonds and investing. And I just think it's so rad. It's so good. And it makes it so um, simple. And he's so brash too. Like he's so blunt. Like he'll just call people idiots and it's it's very mark manson kind of style of writing I, I love when i read a book and i feel like i'm getting bitch slapped across the face i just love i'm like give me more it's great yeah i've got to um, ask what book is that sorry i'm just going to put that in my notes quickly <laughs> yes i will teach you to be rich gotcha yeah yeah ramit ramit sethi um and he says pick the th- pick again i think it's three the world loves a trilogy pick the three things that you can um you want to invest spending your money in the most and never feel guilty about spending your money on those things so you know you set up your bank accounts and you set up not to get you know all financial advisor on you now but you set you set all that up the way you want to but then the the way to live a rich life he says is to know the things that you want to spend money on and spend money on those things guilt free so nice. my three things, right? And it's it just makes so much sense. So my three things are definitely travel. You can't, you know, experiences is just the way to live. Um, mm-hmm. Education. I will always invest in learning because, mm-hmm. again, I think that's invaluable. And honestly, food. Because my I've become increasingly so, like, you know, invested in my health. I remember I made a joke as a poor dancer. 
you know, that when I moved to London, I was like, I know I'll have made it when I can shop at Whole Foods Ooh, all the time. <laughs> hey. Right? That's you know, fair, and I remember it's a fair comment. Yeah. And I just I was like, I love fruit, man. Like people always joke, like, oh, the vegan loves fruit, but I've never vegan or not, I've always loved fruit and i just remember feeling so guilty if i wanted to spend like two pound 50 or three pounds on a box of blueberries because it was this big and yeah. now i'm like i don't feel guilty at all because i'm like i'm not buying clothes i'm not buying but these are the three things i will spend money on and not mm. have any guilt and so that's how i kind of set up those external things if you're talking creative do i have a um i can't remember what word you used but what i heard was do you have a why mm. Yeah, for everything that you do. And yeah, I think I think I definitely I definitely have a why and the why is what, you know, keeps me going and keeps me from not ever quitting and giving up. It's the it's the it's the driving force behind everything that you do. So what is your why? Uh, my why for I think everything other than education, I would say, but they probably all kind of go together too. I might have two, <clears throat> but I think my why is to, I want to unnumb people. I want people to believe in people again. I want people to believe in art again. I want people to feel shit again. Mm. And I want people to not be afraid to feel everything. We're living in a world now where we just numb any negative feeling. Mm. And I want people to not be afraid to feel pain, to feel sadness, to feel anger, to feel um, complete joy because you can't just numb the negative feelings and but at the, numb at the, the positive at the same time i also feel like the world we're in now also highlight all of those things like they try and they try and seek not seek pain but they try and you know where you're in a cancel culture everyone's so woke then we're not allowed to have anything negative if you do we make a negative of it and we call it out or like we highlight all these things and i'm like you're not now you're you're saturating those feelings like just let yeah. them be like you know what i mean like yeah. let it be organic let let someone fail oh yeah let, the pendulum let. yes it's, it's like swung what? so far the other side yeah it's like, so and this is let's go. set let let us have mistakes let us be able to survive from mistakes let us be able to have the, the comeback let us be able to fuck up let us be able to succeed let us be able to be sad let us be able to have fun like mm -hmm. let us be able to feel every emotion but I feel like we're in a world where like you're not allowed to have any emotion without there being a consequence of someone who feels the other way being offended. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and that's my, like, for me, that's the one thing as an adult where I'm like, wow, this is terrifying because like, I'm not even allowed to make a mistake anymore and learn from it. Because if I make the mistake, I'll get canceled or you'll get called out or you'll be, you know, so you're not allowed yes, to actually have a so life. Good. You're not allowed to have a life lesson anymore. You're not allowed to make mm. mistakes, but then how do we learn? Yeah. Because yeah, no one's, no, oh one's no one's written a book going, this is what you do. Well, there's the Bible, but even, <laughs> but I've ne definitely not read that one, like, <laughs> or audio booked it or anything other, but like, you know, so I just feel like we're in a place where it's like, 
you're not allowed to learn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And maybe that's, maybe that's, that's, God, maybe that's part of what it is too. I think, I think if I had to put it in one sentence and listening to you speak really helped, I think it's, I want everyone to feel like they have full permission to be fully alive. Yeah. Without, without a consequence. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I want to do that. I want to do that. It is all the same thing. I want to do that through education. I want to do that through art. I want to do that through performance. I want to make, I want to remind people what it is to feel alive. Mm. That's dope. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. What's <laughs> your why? Uh, <laughs> my why, uh, again, always changes but like now i always think to myself if i was a multi-millionaire mm. what would i change in my life would i still do the same shit every day um cool. and most of the stuff that i do on a weekly basis i would still do and like a lot of people go what and i'm like i would still teach on a sunday i would still teach on a monday i would still teach on a friday and i would still come here and do this on a tuesday i would like there's a few things i would change you know, I'd drive here in a Tesla or a Porsche instead of a Volkswagen, but I would still come here. You know what I mean? Like a lot of, I just think my why is like, just make sure you're trying to do shit that you're going to be happy with on a day-to-day -day basis. I listen to, um, <laughs> so random. I listen to this thing called Fight Companion where they watch UFC fighters and there's four comedians and they chat shit. Brendan Sharp, my spirit animal, he, he hosts it. And one of the guys on there was talking about how he tries to optimize in his life. And he's the, the host from Relentlessness. He's an ex-skateboarder, Rob D, D something. And uh, he said he writes every day and he's done it for like seven years or something. He rates his day out of 10 every day. So if his day is below like a seven, he has to make a change. And I was like, wow, like imagine just go every day, go, what was my day today out of 10, of five? Why? Fig you need to figure out that why. And then if the next day is a five again or a five again, then you truly fucked it. You need to make some real life choices. And he's like, he said he's had 11 bad days this year. Like what he, on his scale of one to 10, what it counts as 11. And he's like, because when I get bad days, I acknowledge why it's a bad day and I don't let it be a bad day again. And I'm like, imagine we just did that. Imagine like we just, and essentially it's quite simple. And I know some things happen like out of your control. Like if you get a flat tire, that can give you a bad day. But also you can control your emotion within it. But I get it. It's still going to fuck you off, especially if you're broke and you can't afford a new tire or you miss something. But like if your day is just a general day and it's a bad day, you're doing something wrong. You need to make some changes, you know? So my why is to try and avoid me wishing I was doing something different. Like, so whatever that day may be, like when I go to bed, am I satisfied with it? Could, yeah, it mm. could have been better. Like, you know, I always think of what could be better. I always go, I could have done this better. But did I enjoy my, and I hate the purpose of the day. I know you hate that word. But like, did I enjoy that day? Like if yeah. I didn't enjoy driving an hour here to come and do this with Jake and then an hour back, I wouldn't do it but I love mm. it. I would drive four hours to do it, you know, like, so for me, that's my, that's my, that's my why now as a 31 year old, because it has changed before it was mm. to overcome the obstacles and to prove other people wrong without even knowing it. But now my why is to go, do I love day-to-day -day life? 
Yeah, I do. That's brilliant. It's yeah. pretty fucking awesome. I left the house at 5.20 yesterday a.m. And I taught six classes and I got home at 8 p.m. Absolutely exhausted. Wouldn't have changed it. You know what I mean? Really like, yeah. like, and that's how I see it. That's that's my why. Just and to that's enjoy success. Day. Yeah. I think. Oh, uh, definitely. Mm. You know, like, would I, I like that? that? I might steal would, that. Would I like that journey to be a bit shorter? Yeah, sure. Would I like to get paid yeah. a bit more? Yeah, sure. But do I hate it? No. Do I like it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. dope. Yeah. Do you believe that people, I don't know if we have time for more questions, but do you yeah. believe people have a purpose? Like, mm. What do you think about that word? I, I, I don't believe people have a purpose. I Like, you know, when people go, everything happens for a reason. Like, to me, that's the most bullshit thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, no, everything happens because you either reacted or you didn't. Like, mm-hmm. uh, my friend, Simon Bailey, he's in a, he was a singer once upon a time. And my tour manager, he said, the chances you make, no, the chances you take are the chances you make or some shit like that. Like it was something where mm-hmm. it's like everything you do has an outcome and every outcome is because you took a, you made a choice and you took a chance. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know what I mean? And like, there's mm-hmm. something about that where you're like, yeah, that's so true. Cause if we didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, if I didn't choose to move to LA, would I be who I am now? I could have stayed in the UK and just kept working and booking loads of jobs. Might have mm-hmm. I had a more successful career? Yes. But hey, like, you know, it's the mm-hmm. chances I took, which made me the person I am now. I don't believe mm-hmm. there was a purpose behind them. I don't believe anything was meant to happen. But mm-hmm. I feel like we deal, we, we react and we respond to things and that creates our outcome. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a fire, if there's a fire by here and there's a door there and a door there, like you didn't purposely choose a door. You just reacted and chose a door. And then the next obstacle, Mm -hmm. you'll have another obstacle and you'll react to that. Like, I just Mm -hmm. think that's life. But I feel like people use the fact of there's a purpose or this everything happens for a reason as an escape goat. Mm -hmm. I think they go, something really fucking shit happened to me, but it's okay because everything happens for a purpose. Or you made a bad decision or you didn't invest enough into it, or you're just shit at that thing. Yeah. Like it's a way of removing accountability. Bingo. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's, that's my problem with it too. That's what I think. I think when someone goes like, uh, it's the same as like, <laughs> again, I'm not religious at all. Say, you're going to touch on religion soon, aren't you? Yeah, so, but like, I'm not religious at system, all, yeah. but it's, you know, when people go, oh, I'm a changed person. I found God. I'm like, no, bitch, mm. you just, chose to change but like you you're giving the credit to something else and that's fine but just know that you've made this choice like like use it as a positive for you you don't need an external thing to go oh i'm a better person now because i heard something from god no you woke the fuck up and you chose mm-hmm. to be a better person mm-hmm. you know like or if like terrorism like oh god said we have to do some this awful thing no you're just a fucking douche and you chose to do this awful thing. Like, that's how mm-hmm. I, I feel about everything. I just feel like we choose the, every second of every day what we're going to do and what we're going to say. And yes, Agreed. sometimes they're mistakes. But again, now we're in a world where you're not allowed mistakes. So you're not allowed, yeah. to, you're not allowed to grow. So no, that's what I think about the word purpose. I think it's yeah. stupid. Yeah, I agreed. I feel like accountability has been replaced with entitlement. <clears throat> Because if I followed my purpose, I'd probably be a laborer. 
you know, yeah, like because I'm yeah, five yeah. foot eight and I can't straighten my legs and I'm not very elegant, but I'm really fucking good at carrying stuff. <laughs> like genetically, my body was made to move shit. Like, yeah. but I chose to dance. Everything yeah. my body doesn't want to be or do. Like, yeah. No, I, purpose is dumb. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's 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 fantasy almost. It's it's the same not the same definition by any means, but to me, it's in the same family as perfectionism. Like it's, I, I, I feel like it's, it's a lie. It's, yeah. You're just telling yourself something to kind of pass the blame or pass the responsibility yeah. or. Yeah. And I don't think there's enough, there's not enough accountability. And it's because I think we don't have enough, um, uh, because we can't make mistakes. We don't have enough, um, I think, uh, platforms or uh, education on self recovery. So I broke down inside out into like three steps. And because people always think that, you know, when you come to House of Jazz, I just hold your hand and tell you everything that you're feeling is okay. And a part of that is true, but you can't make somebody accountable before they recover their sense of self first. And self-recovery is the part where you see an adult cry quite often, all the tears that they couldn't cry as a kid. Mm. So, and kids don't know how to be accountable, but you, there's, there's this period before you can make an adult accountable for their actions where they need to feel unjustified and they need to feel angry and they need to feel bitter and they need to feel mad at the world and the fact that you know they need to be mad at their parents for teaching them that they weren't good enough but then they also need to you know experience the fact experience the guilt that they feel for getting mad at their parents like there's so many things that happen in in that self-recovery area but then after you you recover that sense of self that's when you go now you're ready to accept the maturity of understanding that you did all of that for a reason. You chose to believe all those things. You chose to behave in all those ways. You can't, but you can't skip that step. Mm. And then what's beautiful is if you can actually get someone to be fully self accountable and you can get them consistent on being accountable, that's when you get the golden ticket, which is self-reliability. I can fully rely on myself to show up. I can mm. fully rely on myself to not lie, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's like, you know, just like it, with accountability, like the simple things in like, like if you just take it down and you get good at it on such a basic level, then when you can be, when you can achieve it on a basic level, then you can achieve it in any way. Like even things with like people being late, you know, like I hate people who are late, even though I was late today. And I'll take responsibility for it. It's because I set, I was very optimistic and I thought I could do a million things this morning and I couldn't, do you know what I mean? Like mm. that's on me. I, I, I tackled too many obstacles because I'm that person that thinks he can do everything. And I couldn't, I didn't have time to go for breakfast and drop Georgia off and wrap presents and like do all this shit. I should have just went for breakfast and came straight here. Like, but I was ambitious. But you know, when people are late and they're like, oh, I'm late because uh, my train well, yeah, that's fine. But if, what if that was a, a flight to Spain? Yeah. Like you wouldn't have missed that. Like, so even though it's just a rehearsal or just a dinner, like if it was a train, like 30 seconds late is gone. You've missed it. Mm -hmm. If it's a flight mm -hmm. to go to Barbados that you spent thousands of pounds on, 30 seconds late is gone. You've missed it. 
but you choose to risk being late on something which mm-hmm. might not seem as important to you. So for you to blame the train is a shit excuse because if it was mm-hmm. the flight, motherfucker, you would have made it. Mm-hmm. So take accountability that it's just not as important to you. Like, mm-hmm. but you've blamed the train. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I leave yeah. on a Monday at 5.20 a.m. to start teaching at 8.30. I get to my destination at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. I don't need to leave that early. But mm-hmm. if I leave at 6.30 and there's an accident, whose fault is it? The accidents are mine. Mine, because I know that there could possibly be an accident. Like, so I can't blame yeah. something else. Like, I, yeah. I'm making sure I'm accountable for whether I'm on time or late. Yeah. Like, and I just think if you can do that the, with the simplest things, then when you're doing it with like your purpose or why really good things or really shit things happen, then it's easier to take control of. And I think that's why people like you and I hate being late is because we know that it's our fault. And yeah. we're not willing to let it be our fault. I'm not no. willing to mess up in that way at all. Not something that I can really take control of. Yeah. You know? So when it's harder stuff, how are you ever going to be accountable for harder stuff if you can't be accountable for easy stuff? When it's like no. really like life-changing decisions that don't go your way, how are you going to take responsibility for it if you can't do it for easy stuff? Yeah, and this is and this is why this is why doing the work is so important. Whatever form of doing the work you're doing, because these people show up late for you and then they go on blaming it on the train. They're blaming it on the train because they're afraid of what you're going to think about them. So in that moment, they're trying to control you still liking them. They're trying to control how you feel about them. And their biggest fear is you thinking something bad about them. Mm. But if we, if we did the work and I, you and I both know how important it is to be on time and I show up and I say, Kane, I'm late. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for wasting your time or whatever. Mm. And I acknowledge that. And that's it. If you continue to be you know, disappointed in the fact that I am late or whatever, I have to allow you the space to be pissed. Yeah. I have to respect that you're allowed to respond and feel the how, instead of trying to control how you feel and then make it all about me in regards to, I know I fucked up, but please still like me. I'm going to give you all the excuses because the most important thing right now is that you still like me. No, it's not. The most important thing is that you own your mistakes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're we're so we're, I think as humans we're we're very quick to pa- to pass the blame and not take responsibility, like you said, because we're worried about. We make it a selfish thing. We make it about me. Like, very. oh, well, now you don't like yeah. me. Poor me. Like, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, you fucked up, idiot. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like if like you hear the relationships, like if someone cheats on someone, the person who cheated will always somehow blame the person they cheated on. But you've been like yeah. you've been like this to me for so long, like yeah, you've been yeah. nagging me, like yeah. But you still did the wrong thing, like yeah, you, you know, still like, made a choice, dude. You still made yeah. a choice. Like there's so many ways as humans where we just get this like shield and we go, no, it's your fault. Like look yeah. in the mirror, blame you, even though I fucked up. Yeah, yeah, and it's we we identify too much with this means this, which means I'm this, which means I'm this, which means I'm this. Like if I messed up, if I'm late, that means I'm unprofessional. If I'm unprofessional, I'm a failure. And I'm like, it just, and it just, the onion just keeps getting put. And we just don't want to acknowledge that dungeon of crap that we've, you know, picked up along the years. And so we, we don't know how to take responsibility for anything anymore. But again, if you enter that conversation um, and go, okay, what's more important to me being liked or being respected, 
you know, I'm going to go, Kane, I was late mm. because I'm not, I don't want to worry about you liking me. I would much rather you respect me for being able to own up to my mistakes. Yeah. Well, I'm about to own up to a mistake is I've kept you too long and you actually had a meeting 10 minutes ago. Oh, dang. so then i will have somebody to apologize to (laughs) yeah and and blame me (laughs) no yes it was not my fault oh yeah you're right it was this ginger guy the other side of the world it's all Um, good man it's all good it all worked out so i do apologize for keeping you i literally just looked at my watch and i was like wow i was really into this because i looked at it at four o'clock my time and i was like oh we've got ages Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, 45 minutes and then later. Flew, flew by. This was so much fun, Jake. It was. It's so nice to meet you as well, man, on the I other was, side. I was very much enjoying that conversation. So thank you for that. Very inspiring one. Yeah, it's a very different one for us. Yeah, it was super inspiring. And you've obviously done a lot of self-help books. Have you ever done quickly a life coaching course by any chance? I I haven't. I, I'm interested in doing one. Um she but should. I, she I think should. You, you hold very I, much I need to find the right characteristics. One. CTI. 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 Okay. I'll look into that. Nice one. Cool. Yeah, you, you hold all the the way you listen and the way you react is very life coachy, which made me think of it. Um, but yeah, very inspiring. I told you she was cool when we You're, spoke at yeah. Encore. I literally, well, after Encore, I come back to Jake and I was like, we're getting this girl. <laughs> she's really cool. Not only does her voice sound better than mine, she's really clever. <laughs> oh my God, no. But I appreciate that, man, because I know like this is like, people always make fun of me too I, this is the type of conversations that i love but people always joke that like you can't go to you know a birthday party with christy without her asking you like so what did you learn this year and like <laughs> shit like i just i can't i can't do small talk i love i, I love... fucking hate small talk mm. oh me too man unless me it's too. about cars or shoes go away <laughs> yeah fair fair yeah, that's, that's the only small talk i've got because i really care yeah <laughs> like if someone goes where those shoes from i'm like well <laughs> yes, let me tell you yes yes you know That's if brilliant. they go where's that jacket from i'm like fuck off yeah <laughs> go away. just the shoes yeah i'm learning all about air jordans guys speaking of jordan <gasps> yeah i learned what how many are there I, I know i'm already late for this meeting 22 there's 22 different times pairs i'm I learning so. I, I don't know yeah right? i'm going probably yeah interesting fast That's i own a lot time. of them but <laughs> oh yeah. here you go you can be involved then for my kicks of the day so my kicks, I do this on the show. I do kicks of the day. They're a pair of Nike Dunks and they've got Kane 5678. Hold it in the center. Oh, dope! So I created them myself. I designed them. So it's obviously a silver tick for Kane. Silver. And I oh, rewarded nice. myself because I choreographed a big advert, which we're not allowed to talk about because it's not out yet. And cool. I treated myself with some new shoes because I'm a dog and I reward myself for doing good things. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But hey. You have everyone has their three things, man, that they should be able to spend money on guild free. Anyway, shoes. Right. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thanks, dude. Virtual hug. Um, Hopefully see you again in human life soon. I'll see you in February. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so February. We're judging another EDO comp, so that'd be fun. Um, Peace out. Sorry. Apologize for your next meeting. I will. I will take ownership. All the love. (laughs) Thanks, man. Bye. 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 Bye.